Hello there, how are you? Welcome to Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show from a warm and sunny Salford, super Salford, here in the northwest of the UK. It's a phone-in programme this afternoon. I'll give you the contact details in just a tick in two shakes of a lamb's tail. As always, lovely to be with you. If you don't want to phone me, you can tweet me. It's BBG Richie on Twitter. It's the BBG, not the BBC. You're listening to the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford in Greater Manchester. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, are you all right, you are? How are, how are you doing? How's your day been? Mine has been okay. It's a bit mad at Shea Ricardo at the moment, but other than that, I can't complain. I'm just going to stop the theme tune and give you the contact details for your programme. I want to hear you this afternoon, and as usual, please don't phone me. If you phoned me recently, give somebody else a chance. And if you've not phoned in before, particularly if you're overseas, I'd love to hear from you. My Skype handle is chat with Richie. That's all one word, chat with Richie. And the phone number is 0161-818-2018. If you're calling from outside the UK, plus 44-161-818-2018. Now, go to richieallen.co.uk because all of those details are posted very near the top of the homepage on my website. Okay, so go to richieallen.co.uk if you didn't catch them, although you should have done, because I spoke very clearly with great clarity. Chat with Richie, all one word. Skype is relatively free. No bad thing. Relatively free. Still laughing, still giggling about yesterday. I think it took the blue ribbon. We won't dwell too much on this, but I'm going to share a little bit of this again with you yesterday without all the spin and all the silliness. The madness of what's going on in our lives, the things we're hearing, the behaviour of our neighbours and sadly some of our friends. It's bizarre, it's mad, it's unsettling and sometimes it's hysterically funny. Just to share with you just a few seconds, you may have missed yesterday's programme. Phone in BBC Radio 5 Live phone in programme yesterday morning. They were giving out They were giving out about the unvaccinated and how selfish they were. And a gentleman called Matthew phoned in. One of the things he said was the unvaccinated should be basically fired from their jobs. They should be basically exiled. But he also said if they were in hospital for any reason and refused the jab, they should then be thrown out on their arses. And then he went on to say this about his own experience with the jab. I had the vaccine. It put me in hospital for a day. But I haven't moaned. I've had the second one. And it put me in hospital for another day. But I'd much rather have that than COVID. Astonishing. I had the first vaccine, went to hospital. I had the second one, went to hospital as well. But I haven't moaned. And then he went on to say, well, he went on to opine as to how we should manage our hospital beds allocation in our hospitals. Why on earth should somebody who has refused to have it take a bed that I might need if I have a bad reaction to it? (laughs) Yeah. 
you, you know, when you've been doing radio as long as I have, we, 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 we present things from time to time. I present things and sometimes things go viral. But nothing as mad as that. That was Genuine Radio, BBC Radio 5 Live yesterday morning. And we've had a lot of fun with that since we heard it. Why should people go to hospital if they're unwell who refuse the jab? Why should they get a hospital bed? Why should they? They should reserve the hospital beds for people like me just in case we have a reaction to the jab. And he'd already had a reaction to the jab, which hospitalised him twice. Mad times, mad times. I'm still singing this to people when they tell me the, when they tell me they've been vaxxed. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. I am, I'm doing it. I'm actually singing that to people. You have the um, vaccine, you did farewell and adieu. But looking back over the last few weeks, I can't get this out of my head. Remember Eno, the German man? Nobody believed this is true. They thought I was making it up when I did this. Eno was a German man who couldn't get a vaccine in Germany. So he decided he would fly to Moscow. He would engage in a bit of vaccine tourism. This is like five weeks ago. Desperate to get the vaccine. So he went to Moscow for the Sputnik jab. Absolutely gospel truth. BBC News 24 were out there, followed him out there and other Germans. And they said to young Eno, the German man, Eno, why did you come all the way to Moscow to get yourself a coronavirus vaccine? This was his gospel, honest-to-God truth reply. Why did you go to Moscow, Eno, to get a vaccine? I saw all the zombie movies. I know how it ends. (laughs) Go on. I saw all the zombie movies. I know how it ends. Yeah, basically, if we don't all get vaxxed, we're going to have some sort of apocalypse, uh, according to Eno. Yeah. I've heard it all in the last few weeks and months. Anyway, let's um, move on from all that silliness and do something a bit more serious just for a moment. Apparently, there are 3,000 cases of the Indian variant in the UK, according to who? The Health Secretary, Matt Hancock. He's currently, I believe, delivering a briefing right now from Downing Street. Who knows what he's talking about, but he is. Hancock said 2,967 cases of the Indian COVID-19 variant have now been recorded. And that's a 28% increase since Monday. Should we be afraid? Well, I don't know. Here is, here he is, the walking, talking advertisement for late-term abortion. Matt Hancock. The race between the virus and the vaccine has got a whole lot closer. I can tell the House that 2,967 cases of COVID-19 with the B1617.2 variant have now been identified. We're protecting the progress we've made and the progress everybody has worked so hard to achieve with the biggest surge in local resources of this pandemic so far. That means surging vaccines and testing. Right. Yeah, the walking, talking advertisement for late-term abortion. The health secretary, Matt Hancock, did he say something there about a race? The race between the virus and the vaccine has got a whole lot closer. Yeah. Hancock couldn't beat Sheila Fogarty if she was carrying Nick Ferrari on her shoulders in a race. That's just my opinion. Don't believe anything I tell you either. And Boris Johnson said at lunchtime, the vaccines are working against the variant. What, What are they doing here? Is this to unsettle us, keep us in a state of constant agitation? I think it is. Hancock says the Indian variant is running rampant. Johnson says, well, it doesn't really matter. You looked at the data again this morning 
and I can, I can tell them, uh, the House Mr Speaker, that we have increasing confidence that vaccines are effective against uh, all, uh, all variants, including uh, the Indian variant, to his, uh, to his point. And I, I want particularly uh, in this context to uh, thank the people uh, of, uh, of Bolton, of Blackburn, and many other places who have been coming forward in record numbers, Mr Speaker, to get vaccinated, to get their, their first jabs and their second jabs. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. In Bolton and in Blackburn, news programmes this morning were featuring reports from Bolton and Blackburn where men and women in high-vis jackets were running up and down streets, banging on doors and handing testing kits to people who seemingly or seemed to be taking them fairly willingly. Yeah, that's what's going on at the moment. It's all a little bit mad. I wonder if you asked Matt Hancock's mother if she could go back in time, would she abort him? In a heart, in a heartbeat, she'd say. In a heartbeat. It's not good enough to disown him. Anyway, shouldn't, shouldn't laugh about stuff like that. Soldiers who refuse the jab, well, they should be disciplined according to the very model of a major general. Tim Cross, Major General Tim Cross, who saw action in Gulf War I, where he fought alongside Rambo too. Tim was on with Nick Ferrari, LBC, Yes, fatty Nick, here he is. Soldiers who refuse the vaccine should be disciplined. At the end of the day, the, the people in the military are to be prepared and ready to deploy on operations around the world at any time. And of course, in the current COVID crisis, to be able to deploy around the UK at any time to help yes. with all of the, you know, all the stuff that's going on. So um, having everybody in the military having had, you know, having jabs, having two jabs and, and making themselves safe, and also making it safe for them to be able to, to work with other people must be the right approach. Now, you come back to the point that there are going to be some people, for good reason, who, who won't be able to have the jab. Um, I mean, there'll be, for whatever reason, there'll be well, some... there are some medical... I mean, it's vanishingly yeah. thin, Major General, but there are yeah, a couple of people who actually, we can't give them the jab because it could kill them. And I'm sure yeah. if a lad, girl, or woman... That's more than a couple of people now that the jab could kill. If a lad, girl, or woman came to you and said, look, sir, I possibly can't have it, you're going to listen to them, I would imagine. Of course. Of course. Um, and it, it should be vanishingly thin because we, we don't want many people no. unable to deploy on operations around the world. And there have been times when I've had jabs. You know, the first Gulf campaign in 19, uh, 1991, we had all sorts of stuff stuffed in our arms and God. pills to take and so forth because of the threat of nerve agent and all the rest Made of it. Made for an interesting night's so, sleep, I imagine. Yeah. What's funny about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it must be right. And, and there are other areas, like the, we all know the debates that are going on about care homes and people working yes. in the NHS, etc. Um, and each of those areas must, must look at this issue from their own perspective. But from a purely military perspective, being capable and ready to deploy on operations at any time around the world must be the primary intent for all of our uh, Navy, Army, Air okay. Force, military people. So there's a knock on your door. You're still serving. There's a knock on the door and a female soldier presents herself and says, look, sir, I'm very sorry. I, I really have concerns. I have heard that this will affect my fertility. I won't be able to have a baby in years to come. Please don't make me have the jab. Yeah, she, has, she then has to consult the medics and, you know, have a conversation with the medics. I see. Um, and the, the, whoever she's working for, let's say she's working in a company environment where she has a company commander and platoon commanders and so forth, of course they have to have that conversation. And, of course, they have to consult the medical and so forth. But at the end of the day, and there may be extenuating circumstances. I mean, you know, we've got to be sensible about this. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the vast majority of people should be able to have these jabs and should have these jabs. And, and last... if people are saying they cannot deploy on operations for various reasons, then it needs to be seriously asked, well, then why are you in the military? Yeah, why are you in the military if you can't take a jab, you big pansy? 
Don't ask, don't tell. Did you hear that about the golf jabs in the middle? That made me giggle. And there have been times when I've had jabs. You know, the first golf campaign in 19, uh, 1991, we had all sorts of stuff stuffed in our arms and God. pills to take and so forth because of the threat of nerve agent and all the rest Made of it. Made for an interesting night's so, sleep, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> what the feck is funny about that? And there have been times when I've had jabs. You know, the first golf campaign in 19, uh, 1991, we had all sorts of stuff stuffed in our arms and God. pills to take and so forth because of the threat of nerve agent and all the rest Made of it. Made for an interesting night's so, sleep, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> They're laughing heartedly at that. But we know that soldiers have unwittingly been sprayed with and injected with all sorts of shit over the years the soldiers knew nothing about. And we know that that left the lasting impact on many soldiers, many men and women. Astonishing that he could find that funny. Of course, Ferrari didn't have the balls to ask him the question that I would have asked him. Any legacy injuries, Major General, since they put all that stuff into you before Gulf War One? Well, yes, Nick, when I piss, I piss into my face. My penis turned upside down. And I grew a third nipple, as it happens. And I've got to wear a nappy for the rest of my life, Nick. But other than that, I was proud what I did for Queen and Country in Iraq in 1991. <laughs> oh, yes, and I've not been able to maintain a stiffy since 1992 either, Nick. These presenters are dreadful, you know. It's well known that medicines given to soldiers over the years by their, by their officers, by the people they trusted, have devastated soldiers, have killed soldiers and injured them. And these two guys are yucking it up thinking it's very funny. Yeah, the army won't even give them so much as a Viagra now. Can't get a stiffy since 1992, no matter what you put in front of me. Lovely. Uh, no sense of irony, these people. I mean, if shedding is happening, like the vaccinated are shedding and endangering the unvaccinated, there's a weapon right there, right? There's a new weapon right there. Vaccinate your troops and send them into a hot zone and just let nature take its course. It's uh, 14 minutes past five. This is your Richie Allen radio show. Before I move on, and move on I will, let me remind you of the contact details for this programme. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Skype me, chat with Richie, all one word. It's the best way to reach me because it sounds great and it shouldn't cost you anything. If you're not on Skype, my phone number is 0161-818-2018. That's 0161-818-2018. You're with the Richie Allen Radio Show. Let's move swiftly on. David Matthews is a Bristol professor. He's a university professor in Bristol. And he reads viruses. Honestly, not that not that he read virology at university. No, no, he reads coronaviruses. He's been observing coronaviruses specifically for about 30 years, right? Okay, so you think, interesting guy. Anyway, David was on Sky with uh, Stephen Dixon this morning. Where's this going to end up, says Stephen Dixon. Where's this going to end, this pandemic? It's very interesting, David Matthews. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that this virus is uh, going to be a permanent fixture uh, of our lives. Um, I am at the more optimistic end of uh, what I think is going to be the outcome. I think in the very long term, what will happen is, is that we will effectively coexist with this virus uh, and it will become uh, like the other human coronaviruses that cause mild common colds. Um, but uh, only time will tell, really. But I suspect once we've got everybody vaccinated, uh, of course, vaccinated people will then in time be exposed to new variants or maybe vaccinated against new variants. Uh, and over time, the population will build up a broad uh, immunity to this type of uh, this new type of uh, human coronavirus. Uh, and so in the very long term, over the next years and decades, we will 
probably peacefully coexist with it. But uh, for now, of course, it's uh, an extremely serious problem, uh, mainly because this is a new virus. Uh, and until people were getting vaccinated, uh, no one's immune system had any memory or experience of fighting this virus off. And that's what the vaccine is building up for you. It's building up, uh, if you like, it's allowing your immune system to practice and gain experience in how to battle this virus. Uh, which tips the odds massively in your favour when you meet the real thing. So mm. over time, that will build up amongst the whole population uh, with uh, the current vaccine and uh, new vaccines as they come through. Um, and over time, the whole population will gain uh, a collective immune memory, if you like, of this virus. And that's probably what will happen. And that will probably in the long term lead to uh, something of a peaceful coexistence between us and this new virus. But I, I don't <laughs> see it going away. Yeah. Oh, well, let's hope that that coexistence happens sooner rather than later. Dr. Matthews, good to talk to you. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Dr. Matthews. Thanks. The last thing you said was the most ridiculous thing anybody has ever said on my programme. But thanks for coming um, on. And over time, the whole population will gain uh, a collective immune memory, if you like, of this virus. And that's probably what will happen. And that will probably in the long term lead to uh, something of a peaceful coexistence between us and this new virus. But I, I, I don't <laughs> see it going away. Oh, God be with the days when, I don't know, when things were not like this. God be with Mo Molum. If Mo Molum, you have to look up Mo Molum now. Some of you will have to look up Mo Molum. Mo was instrumental in the Good Friday Peace Agreement. So she was, God love her. If Mo was still alive, we could get Mo to sit down with the virus and thrash out an agreement for a bit of peaceful coexistence and we could all go back to normal. Get Mo Molum on the case. And maybe, uh, who else would we get on the case? Who else would we get on the case? Mo Molem. Yeah, Mo would do. If Mo was alive, sit down with the virus, Mo. Thrash out an agreement so that we can put these vaccines behind us and just move on. Now, COVID, can I call you COVID? I can, you don't mind. Uh, life expectancy with you out of the picture is 81.5. If you're not around COVID, we live to about 81 and a half years of age. How about you can kill anyone you like over the age of 82 on on the basis that providing that they have at least one comorbidity. Come on, Neil COVID. Come on, shake hands on it now. You can kill anyone you like over 82 so long as they have one comorbidity. Bit of diabetes or a bit of extra weight or, I don't know, a bit of dementia or something. Go on, put it there. Put it there. No? No? All right, I'll throw in the Mormons. Every second weekend you can take as many feckin' Mormons as you can. How about that? No variants now. No mutating, just you. If you agree to this, we can just get on with the rest of our feckin' lives. How about that? It's five o'clock, this is Sky News, I'm Stephen Dixon. Mo Molen has agreed an entente cordiale with COVID-19. Yes, earlier today, Mo shook hands with the virus. Imagine peaceful coexistence. Peaceful coexistence. That's where we're going to be. That's how we're going to end up in a few months' time, in a year's time, after vaccinating the bejesus out of every man, woman and child. After vaccinating every man, woman and child. And then giving them booster jabs. After fucking up children's lives and their minds and everything else. The best we can hope for. Um, and over time, the whole population will gain uh, a collective immune memory, if you like, of this virus. And that's probably what will happen. And that will probably in the long term lead to uh, something of a, a peaceful coexistence between us and this new virus. But I, I, I don't see it going away. Yeah, they can have the Mormons. No time for the Mormons. Do you remember the Mormons knocking on your front door years ago with their lovely suits and their little name badges? Elder, everything was Elder. So it was like Elder Richie or Elder Billy. 
And they were lovely, weren't they? They were always very mannerable. Didn't matter how many times you slammed the door in their face and told them to fuck off. They were lovely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Have a nice day, the poor Baxters. Joseph Smith, Latter-day Saints and all of that crap. There's only one God. Elvis Presley. It's uh, 20 minutes past the hour. Listen, we'll be taking a few phone calls in a moment. I'll be taking your calls. (laughs) Oh, God, love it. All right, everybody. Lovely Candyman and Sammy Davis Jr., 23 minutes past five. I will, of course, be opening the phone lines in 10 minutes' time. I'll be taking your calls. Please, if you've been on recently, allow a bit of space for others, okay? A couple of people who've never been able to get on, ever, for not for the want of trying, have been in touch with me. I'm going to try and facilitate them today. I'll get to loads of calls. I always do, you know. You might not phone me up today. You might, you might have had enough of it. And that's okay too. I'll talk to myself. I'm well versed in doing that. I want to once again uh, say congrats, by the way, to uh, my great pal Jean Ann Crowley and everybody who went along to Cleggan in Connemara last uh, weekend to see Aidan Killian, the Irish Shanachie, the Irish storyteller and comedian. Wonderful time was had by all, brilliantly staged. And, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that I think it's one of those things, civil disobedience, that's the way to stick it to these people. You know, I believe so. I've had a tweet and I've had an email from somebody who's a little bit upset at me laughing at abortion. I'm not laughing at abortion at all. And, you know, I'm going to say whatever comes into my head and I'm not going to worry too much about it, you know. I said something that offended you. I said that Matt Hancock was a walking, talking advertisement for late-term abortion. Yeah, it's a bit crass, but look, I said it and I'll say it again if I feel like it, you know. I don't worry about offending people because I'm not really a nasty guy. I just say stuff that comes into my head when it comes into my head. So, no, I'm not going to apologise. To hell with that. To hell with that. Have you been paying attention to the tabloid press today? You know, we touched on this yesterday. The... How do you say it? There's a collective approach now in the media towards people who haven't had a coronavirus vaccine or people who have stated that they don't have any intention of having a coronavirus vaccine. So the media is in lockstep again, and it is helping to demonise these people by calling them foolish, dangerous, stupid, saying things like they've no sense of community, they have no morals, and all of this. So this has been ramped up in the last couple of days. You know this. Uh, The Daily Mail, the latest um, newspaper, and website to get involved in this. You had Piers Morgan this afternoon, but you had Sarah Vine. Now, she's an interesting one, Sarah Vine, because Vine is married to Michael Gove, who's the Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster. Nothing could be more monumental bollocks. Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster. That's like giving the child who came 17th in the class races on on sports day. That's like giving the child who came 17th a Mars bar and, and a little medal that you bought in a second-hand shop. Nobody wants to be the Chancellor of the Shadow of the Duchy of Lancaster or the Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster, whatever it's called anyway. Anyway, Vine is um, his wife. And of course, he's been looking into rolling out vaccines. Uh, no, he hasn't. He's been looking into rolling out vaccine passports domestically. Anyway, she's gone full in, full court press, Sarah Vine, on those who have declined a vaccine, calling us, because I presume you have refused it, 
I have, I assume you have. Um, and if you haven't, that's your own business. But she's gone full in saying that we're selfish idiots and we should take our free vaccines. She actually said that we are weapons-grade stupid. Stupid, selfish, weapons-grade stupid people, in fact. A lot of that around today. Just mentioning it. Mentioning. Why can't I say mentioning in? Mentioning. Mentioning it. That's the one. Mentioning it. Lost the power of speech there for a moment. And... Um, Bit of good news. I don't know how good this is, but a bit of good news. Might be a bit of good news. Might be something to get excited about. But a letter was written to the MHRA. I wrote about this on richieallen.co.uk. Dozens of doctors. Dozens of them. Scientists as well. And some medics. They're very concerned about children being vaccinated for coronavirus. Very concerned. So much so that around 40 of them wrote a letter to the MHRA, which is the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency. That's the UK, obviously, the UK regulator. Something has happened to my face. I could be having a mini stroke here. I can't speak for a moment. Yes, the UK regulator, which is there to prevent, or hopefully to prevent, bad medicines reaching our our big gobs, right? Um... So the MHRA received the letter. These doctors, it was led by Ross Jones, a retired paediatrician. They said that there's basically no excuse for giving this vaccine to children. And they gave some very good reasons. But one of the things which concerned me a little bit was that the doctors acknowledged in their letter that the vaccine was rushed to market. This is one of their key points in the letter. Very good. Very, very good, right? Nobody can tell what will happen to you six weeks after you've had a jab, let alone 12 weeks, let alone 18 weeks, let alone two years. So it's been rushed to market. But in the same letter, the doctors gave some ground to the government and the MHRA. The doctor said that they understood vaccinating greater risk people like the elderly. But that doesn't make any sense to me. If the vaccine has been rushed to market and that's of concern for children, surely it's of concern to everybody. Doesn't matter whether you're seven or 77, you understand? That's a bit of a strange one. But of course, I'm a pariah in the media. So I can't contact one of these doctors and ask them to explain the difference between a seven-year-old and a 77-year-old. And of course, we know the difference. Uh, well, they've got a lot in common, don't they? Seven-year-olds and 77-year-olds. But I won't get into that because I'll be called ageist. Um, but we know... We know that if they believe that it's been rushed to market, well, then it stands to reason it's dangerous for everybody. Anyway, look, half past five it is. You're with the Richie Allen Radio Show. It is live, as always, from Salford, Super Salford, here in the northwest of the UK. Let me read a few tweets, then I'll take another very brief tune, and I'll open the lines and take your calls. Okay. Hi to Ewan as well. Hi to Rebel Yell, who says, wow, using penicillin as an analogy for the vaccine, using penicillin as an analogy for the vaccine, for a start, they won't actually refer to it as gene therapy, never mind experimental gene therapy, where long-term adverse effects on human subjects is still in trial until 2023. Absolute brass neck, says Rebel Yell. And he or she could be referring to anything that we heard on the programme today. Could be the old uh, Major General. Could be Matt Hancock. It could be the guy from Bristol University. They're all in lockstep. 
Dean Smith tweets, it's good that Gove's wife Vine is doing what she is doing because any man worth his salt, when the missus says do this or do that, we do the exact effing opposite, says Dean Smith, who wears a flat cap and drives a Morris Minor. Good man, Dean. Good lad. I like Dean, by the way. I know Dean. How you doing, Dean? Hi to Carol, who says, but we are given the choice to refuse the vaccine. You are, Carol. But what remains to be seen is what lengths will they go to coerce people into having it? What lengths will they go? All righty. A lot of talk about travel today as well. I won't get into that. You might want to get into it. You might want to get into it on the phone in. You might want to get into travel and holidays. Are you going on holiday? Do you want to go on holiday? You can talk to me about anything. I'm going to ask you because I expect, as I always do, to get lots of calls, to be succinct and be uh, brief. I'm not going to kick you off. I want to hear you. But bear in mind there will be others behind you trying to get on as well. 29 minutes to 6 o'clock then. Here's Billy Joel. Billy Joel, Billy Joel, Billy Joel. And we didn't start the fire on the Richie Allen Show for Wednesday, the 19th of May, 2021. Bente, bente uno. Hola, ¿qué tal? Right, that's Billy Joel. Before I welcome my first caller to the programme, let me give you the contact details again. Skype is the way to go because it's cheap and cheerful. Chat with Richie, that's all one word. There's no T in Richie. Chat with Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E. The phone number is 0161818018. 0161818 Overseas plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. Delighted to welcome Christopher to the program. He, he's in rugby. How you doing, Christopher? And he's not there. Are you there, Christopher? Not for the moment. He's not. We'll get him back. Oh, we'll get him back. Ah, oh, we'll get him back. I think it might have been ringing there. We'll get him back. Um, caller, welcome to the program. Who am I speaking with? Uh, hello. Richie? It is. Who's this? Ah, oh, it's Muzz. <laughs> ah, Muzz. Do you know what I was going to do, Muzz? I was actually going to phone you. Let me explain. Folks, we've got Muzz on the line. God love him. He's been trying to get on one of these phone-ins for ages. Never managed it, so I said I'd look out for his number. And lo and behold, you're there. Muzz, you're welcome, pal. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from uh, West Yorkshire, Uh Wakefield. Ah, you're not too far away from, uh, from from Manchester and Salford then. No, no, no. Well, you've got the, uh, you know the way it works, my friend. You've got the floor, so you can say whatever you want. Go ahead. Well, first, obviously, uh, I'd like to thank you for being a voice of reason amongst all the Muppets out there. Um, the only place, really, the only person I actually listen to is yourself, to be fair, um, other than UK column and people like that. Um, but I, I just wanted to point out First thing, I've got so much I wanted to talk about. I mean, I could go beyond for hours, but I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, I'm in the past few weeks, we've been grieving our uh, nephew. My nephew uh, committed suicide. Um, Jesus, Moses. So that was about four weeks ago. So we're as a family, obviously, and we're still going through that process at the moment. And I just wanted to point that out. I'm sure, obviously, you're aware that suicides have risen. You know. Uh, massively uh, during this scandemic um, uh, and I wanted to point out that my nephew he was like he's part of the 27 club now he was 27 years old so uh, but he was he he joined me in in going to protest uh, and he knew what was going on in this world and uh, and he was fighting it the best he could and 
uh, I think obviously it's just taken a toll on him, uh, and and he's done what he's done, and I respect him obviously for his choice. But when I say uh, I, when I say I'm sorry, I mean it. I genuinely mean it. Can I ask you? I appreciate can, that. No, I do, mate. I, I can't. That's not happened to me, so I can't say I understand it. I don't. Can you tell mm. us about how how was he before all of this? What sort of a chap he was, was he? He was the, he was amazing. He was the type of guy that you know he'd walk into a room. Anyone who was around, he, he just he just lifts your energy. Yeah. You know, he was he was always dead positive. Uh, he just had that that aura about him. You know, he, 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 obviously he was he was hurting inside, and you know you look back and you think all those times that you know I talked to him and he'd tell me his problems and I'd listen, but obviously you never truly listened because you just you just can't get in someone's head. Someone's head. Everybody's you know not not out for themselves, but you, you worry about your own problems and you know you try to be as empathic as you can with other people around you but you never truly can get into someone else's head and, and, and see what they're really going through so but he was he was a lovely guy he just he just never brought his problems to you you know yeah. he, he discussed problems but he, he just his energy was just so positive all the time and anyone that was around him was lifted automatically when he was around so it's just a shock to the system in fact my sister uh, his mother uh when she rang me uh and told me that I'd, that he'd that he'd took his own life initially when when she said uh can you are you sitting down are you sitting down and i said yeah yeah i'm sitting down and i'm thinking oh shit you know my mum's dead or my dad's dead because they've had this poisonous jab yeah. uh and i'm thinking oh god it's happened it's happened i've been going on about this for so long it's happened and then she just said our adams uh, killed himself and it, the just the shock was just unbelievable the last person i thought was gonna be dead from this bullshit that's going on you know what i mean and you know it's just it's amazing it's it's amazing that that it's happened it's just the entire thing is just a shock um and, and i've told my wife you know my wife's been dead supportive throughout this whole thing um and she's uh, i said to her you know it's not that it's still going to be the first it's only the first of many to come i just know it you know i, I sense it in, in 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 my own energy in my own mind and I, I, you just I, I, the thing is, Richie. I've I've been I've been researching uh, uh, about what's going on in the world for twenty years now. I think nineteen David Icke's book, The Biggest Secret, was the first book I picked up in nineteen ninety eight. I think it was on ninety nine, um, and it opened my eyes to a lot of things. And then I started back cataloging on on his books and you know Robots Rebellion and things like that, talking about energies. And then I started. Uh, I've got a habit of I've got a list of the, as long as my arm of books to read I've, I've read that many books now I, as i read a book i make notes of you know references to where they've got their information and i start backtracking on those books and these books and that's book. that's and important I'm reading these books to try and that's what you said there is important what, what you said there it means a lot to me what you said there so you were reading you were reading those books but you were challenging the things you were reading so you were going to cross-reference the information to check whether it had any validity which is something that I, right, I, yeah. I fear that not, not enough people do that. But I love that yeah. you did. When I started reading those same books, I was very sceptical and I used to go looking for evidence to support what David Icke or Jim Mars or whatever had said in these books. Yeah. That's very yeah. interesting that, that you, that you took it with a pinch of salt while you were reading it. Very good. I did, but to be fair, it's really straight. I don't want to take up a lot of, a lot of your time, but it's really straight because for for many years, for uh, most of those twenty years, I felt isolated. To be fair, you know, I felt completely alone. When, when you see beyond the pale, you know, beyond this curtain, 
and you see if it, and, and and you do the research like, like yourself and you just you just don't not many people know and then when you when you do address people and you tell them about these things and they just think you're a nutter and you're a bit mad and you're a bit of a loon or whatever and you, you know i spent many years feeling isolated even though I, I i love my wife and you know we've been together 10 years i still felt isolated for so long and then and then my nephew and uh, his sister who's uh, only a year older than him and and my older sister actually now they sort of woke up I don't like saying that term, no, no, but they no, sort of mean, yeah. opened up their minds to what was going on around them. And I could talk to somebody. So over the past two or three years, I've had somebody there. And then that's why it was so so uh, shocking to, yeah. to see that, you know, Adam took his own life. And it's just like, what, you know, in a sense, I, I see him as what I was back when I was his age because he struggled with debts. And it's, it's a societal thing, you see. I keep, you know, when people say, oh, it's uh, capitalism, communism, and I hate this labelling stuff. I hate labelling. I hate it. I don't label. I, I'm not I'm not a label. I, I, I believe what I believe through research and uh, and through connecting everything. I always say to everyone, it's the connections. It, 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 until you stand back and see how everything is connected to everything else, you, you're not going to see the bigger picture. And that's why because, the that's why labels and identity politics was introduced by 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 the control system because it's is. a wonderful thing isn't it for us f- to get everybody to identify you you're a, yeah. you're a socialist you're a communist you're a conservative you're a liberal you're divide, divide uh, of course and 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 you stood back and you can see that well this is nonsense really everything that yeah. happens is connected yeah i uh, not that i predicted it personally but with everything i read for many years i predicted this was I, I told people this was coming and when it happened, I mean, it was still a bit of a shock sure, when it happened because yeah. I didn't think it'd be in my lifetime, to be fair, but I've told people it was happening. There was, it was either going to be a virus or it was going to be a, a, an alien invasion or it was going to be, um, you know, a, a natural disaster or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've probably heard of Project Bluebeam as well, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. you know, the, the abilities that they've got behind Project Bluebeam. Uh, will allow for anything. A visit from God, sorry, was one of the things I used to say, you know, a, yeah. a religious thing. Um, to, to I would have laughed at you. I, I, would have, I wouldn't have laughed at you. I'd have been your mate and I would have giggled with you and I would have said, ah, Jesus, uh, Moza, I, I don't imagine them trying to convince us that there was a visit from God. I don't imagine them trying to convince us that there was an alien invasion. But I would have giggled at one time. I would have said, I give over most. But now when I see how easily they've managed to convince people that they're living amongst the biblical plague and they're not, and it's obvious that they're not, but so many people believe it. Now I'm wide open to the possibility that they could convince much of the population that we're in some sort of um, alien invasion or something like that. Anything. I, I, I think. I think it's quite credible. To be fair, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at how the reaction from people, you know, now for for, for this scam, you know, uh, and people's reaction and how that's I mean, exactly yes. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm a musician as well, Richie. So I, I put I put all this into in my music, and I have done for many years. I was going to ask I mean? you about this because because when you you tweeted me today to say you were going to try and get on, and that you'd never managed it before. So obviously, I looked at your profile, and correct me if I'm wrong, but did I see hip hop or rap there? Is that something that you're interested in, or is that what you That's do? That's right. Yeah, I'm a yeah. I'm a rapper, so uh, I've been doing that for twenty odd years. Fantastic. Uh, 
So and I've got I've got a new album which I'm literally I'm not used, I'm not using this time to plug my do, stuff or do anything. But plug the be Jesus out of it. I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> plug away. Go on. But this album I'm literally just finishing it up now. It's all obviously self-produced uh, and self-funded, which is a struggle as it is financially. Yeah. But uh, the, I've called it the dead weight basically, and uh, it's a play on words where you know people used to say to me. Um, they used to we used to sit down because I used to be a bit of a stoner as well back in the day. We used to sit down and pretend, you know, you know, think about a zombie apocalypse happening. You know, yeah. those zombie movies and things. And go, oh, what would you do? What would you do? And I used to tell everyone it's already a zombie apocalypse. It's happened. <laughs> it's already it's here now. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. everyone, you see them walking down the street. They're just not, uh, you know, they don't suffer from necrosis or anything. They're, they're living tissue, but they're all zombies. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm walking around in a yeah. zombie apocalypse now. So I've called it the dead weight because I feel like everybody's just happily queuing up to to this. I've got in my head like a, a vision of a gate and it says oblivion on it and they're all just happily skipping to oblivion. Do me a favour and, um, and, and email me an MP3. Email me one of the tracks and uh, yeah. Monday, next uh, next week or even tomorrow. I'll stick on one of yeah. the tracks. So you pick out the the track you're happiest with, and uh, and I'll do that. Can I ask you yeah, um, b- 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 just just before I move on? Dreadful, what happened to Adam and and and, and all of that? I, again, I I don't know what it's like, so I won't pretend that I understand. It's so recent. Um, I don't want to be too personal. How is it? Sounds stupid, doesn't it? How is your your sister? I imagine she's been well looked after, is she? Well, yeah. My, to be fair, uh, when I was younger, I, I, I didn't. I would hate's a strong word, but I, I, I didn't get on with my family as well as I do now. You know, when you That's not unusual, create a family yeah. yourself, you yeah. you realise the importance of it and how important those people are to you. But um, and I think uh, as a family now, we, we sort of pull together in times of need. So I, I'm, I'm quite grateful for my immediate yeah. family. I think they're amazing. Uh, I'm a, obviously. You, sh- you shouldn't have to bury your, your child. You know, because no. there's no worse pa- pain on this earth uh, that I can imagine. You know, and uh, my brother had to. Uh, his his son died at nine weeks old of meningitis. This was many years ago, and 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 that was painful enough to go through. But to to my sister's obviously got 27 years of memories yeah. of Adam, and uh, I just can't I can't imagine. I've got a daughter myself who's three year old, and uh, I just cannot imagine being in her shoes. You know what I mean? So. She's well supported, but you know, that's all. That's all we can do. It's ultimately it's, it's just be it's there for, for her. her. To sort of be get there for it her. And yeah, because she has to understand. You know, obviously, being in radio, I've I have spoken with many survivors of suicide over the years on various phone-in yeah. shows, and the thing that 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 upset me most about doing those shows was how mums and dads couldn't shake off this idea that they had somehow let down the person who had committed suicide but that's not true that and and no. people need to understand that it's not true there isn't anything you can do about it you know your sister gave I'm sure she gave the lad all the love in the world he, it's just one of those things she'll have to somehow get he through he struggled you, know? you see he struggled financially this is the thing this is why I see myself I thought oh I see you see I'm, I'm even saying that I saw myself in Adam because when I was his age for many years I I I I was sofa riding in people's houses I was on the street for two it's only two weeks but I was on the street for two weeks and I just I just struggled to get within to deal with this society and 
I, I was listening to because I've only just got onto your show a, a couple of months ago, so I've been backtracking on all your shows and on on Podomatic uh, on uh, Podbean, just backtracking them all to try and get them all into my head. So um, I'm sort of surprised I'd never actually heard of you before that, to be to be honest. But uh, what was I saying? So yeah, uh, back back then, I've lost track of what I was saying now. To be fair. You talked oh, about yeah, you talked I, about your I, own difficulty, sofa surfing, the problems yeah, you had so, financially. There's a, there's a quote that that always comes to mind, and I said it at, at the eulogy for our Adam, and it's um, uh, there's no measure, it's no measure of sanity to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society, yeah. and and uh, that is just it, that is something everybody needs to understand. And uh, I, I was listening to your show from because I have to listen to your shows a day ahead. Uh, unfortunately, I don't get to listen to them live all the time, and I was listening to um, one of the dickhead radio presenters can't remember was it ferrari uh, i think i can't remember but he was talking about in their conversation about how you know all oh, these people are getting a jab and they're um the well-adjusted you'd be a well-adjusted person to go yeah, and get the jab yeah, and yeah. i just thought well if you're well-adjusted then 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 you're insane <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> if you're <laughs> getting you on fine well-adjusted yeah, in this sick society yeah. you can if it's you're possible. getting on fine with this society there's something ultimately Wrong with you. I'll tell you exactly. what, Moz, um, I've got Christopher uh, standing by. I'll get Christopher on. Thanks for reaching out. I'm glad you found the programme. I really yeah. am. I, I, I suppose in the last 12 months, because of what's been happening, people are yeah. finding shows like this and others. So that's a bloody good thing, mate. And uh, when I when I say I wish you all the best and your sister, I mean yeah. it. Do me a favour. Don't forget to zip over the MP3 so I can give it a spin on Monday. If it's garbage now, Moz, I'm going to give you dog's abuse. On I'm only joking. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just, I know nothing about I music. Know, I can take criticism. It's all right. <laughs> not at all. I wouldn't do that. What do I know about rap? I'll play it anyway. So if you want to say something finally, <laughs> quickly, um, do it quickly so I can move on. And thanks, mate. Could I just, just, uh, just a, a, a quick thing? I hope that you you cover at some point. I know there was an issue with uh, the vaccinated having uh, an effect on uh, women's fertility or yeah, uh, early menopause. Yeah. But I've also heard through the grapevine, I haven't looked at it yet, uh, about it affecting young kids. And there was a, a scenario, I couldn't find it uh, again afterwards, but I, I saw a post on Facebook where someone said their young child that was getting nosebleeds, being around vaccinated people, and right. then the child passed away. I didn't look into it further. So if you could maybe... Certainly, out there can cover that. I'll do that. See, yeah, because my child started getting nosebleeds. You see, and it just raised a you bit wonder. of concern with me. Oh, is that right? So your own yeah. child started to get nosebleeds hadn't before. Look, it might be totally innocuous. Children do get nosebleeds. Exactly. You never know, exactly. you know. But I will, um, uh, Moz. Thanks for reaching out, buddy. I'm glad to meet you. I'm really glad you got on yeah. today. Thanks a lot, man. And all I appreciate the best. everything you're doing. Not at all. I don't do anything. Thanks very much. That was Moz there. Hey, by the way, when I say that, when you phone up, please don't thank me for doing stuff. Don't. Let's just not waste any time. Let's just not do that, right? I don't do anything. I, I've been doing radio for most of my adult life. I enjoy sitting in a studio and chatting to people. I'm not modest when I say this. I'm not looking or fishing for compliments. I don't do anything. So don't tell me when you come on here. Thanks for all you do. I don't do... Jack, okay, other than listen to people, which is what I've always enjoyed doing. Thanks for your calls. It's Chat with Richie on uh, Skype, and I will get through loads of them. I'm going to ask people to be about five or six minutes if you can. I always say I'll cut people off, but I'll never do that. That's what the MSM does. I'm delighted to meet Christopher, though. He's in rugby. How you doing, Christopher? Hey, I'm good, Richie. How are you? I'm glad, man. Glad we caught up. I tried to get you on at the start, and I lost you momentarily. Uh, there you are, mate. Uh, it's nice and warm and sunny, or at least it looks like it is where you are anyway. I've got you on the camera. Um, welcome to the programme, Christopher. You take over, mate. I, I know you're going to talk to me about work 
and what you've come across through your work. I think that's what you hinted at. Go ahead. I think he's gone there. Is he again? Have you muted your microphone, Christopher? I think you have by accident. In fact, I yes. Ah, Hi. there you go. I was going to give you a couple of minutes. There you go. You're worse than me, Christopher. I'm the technophobe here. You're worse than me. Right, so you've got the floor. Go ahead, my friend. Lovely to meet you. What, what would you like to say? Yeah, likewise, Richie. Um, like your last caller, I came across you not that long ago in January. And um, yeah, I, I guess like many people, I was um, kind of going along with the mainstream to start with. And, um, you know, the civil disobedience, it, it was within me in, in small sort of little acts. Um, but I guess the gloves were really off um, with the whole Dominic Cummings fiasco last um, sort of early summer oh, yeah. when he had his trip to Durham. And, you know, ever since then, I've slowly transitioned into uh, being more disobedient, more disbelieving of the government. Um, you know, I've, I've never followed the mainstream since it started, to be, to be quite honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess my dad sort of slowly sort of tried to give me a thread of uh, links and uh, people to follow. And I've got to the point now where I'm, you know, fully on board with, uh, you know, everything that's going on, really. I'll, I'm trying to educate others. Um, Good for you. But you're keeping an open mind as well. And you're, because I, I said this to Moz before you came on, that even, like, even when you find stuff that's agreeable, you know, you might like it. So I might put an article out, for example, on, on richieallen.co.uk, and you might think, <laughs> oh, I like that. That makes sense to me. But I'd hope that you'd still be sceptical and think, well, who's this baldy arsehole in Swalford? I'll, I'll check out what he's saying. I'll, I'll see, is there any truth to it? Because that's the way to be, I think. What do you think, Christopher? Yeah, I agree. I mean, as soon as the news of the vaccines were about to be uh, released on an emergency trial, I'd, I'd never conceived the idea of having it. It, it was never in my mind. So I, I was pretty closed off on that. I never considered that. But um, yeah, I, I, I try and give other people with different opinions, you know, their uh, point of view, um, some airtime and, um, you know, try and listen to them. I mean, I mean, I probably don't get the service back from some of my friends you know they, they think I'm mad and you know I, I say well I think you're mad too but you know I still love them and uh, um, it, hasn't, um, it hasn't come between you then that's good now because it has come between I, a lot of people I, I mean it has caused some tension uh, you know quite recently but um, yeah I, I, I tend to just advise them not to bring it up because I'm very passionate about it now and you know I, I won't stop I, I, I will tell them what I think and you know I, I will call them out and say oh, I think you're mad but you know I, I, I try and be as open-minded and empathetic towards their view as I can but it, it, it is bloody hard yeah, um, it is yeah no and doubt. They, they, they put words in your mouth it's very much you know they've you know I don't need to tell you this but they've very much been programmed they start coming out with uh, microchips in the in the vaccines, and they joke that that you know they're fully sort of computerized and installed now. And I've I've never said anything of, of you know that kind of narrative at all. I've you know just stuck to the uh, the facts and you know all the different effects and deaths that are occurring for yeah. all the different gene therapy. You know why do so um, many why do so many people do that? Even my friends, my old friends in Ireland, and my old colleagues. They do they they do that to me as well, and I won't fall out with them. They kind of do yeah. an, they, they kind of do an ad hominem, 
you know, they come at you with something, just as you perfectly described there, they come at you with something that you never said. It's, it's, yeah. I don't know why that is. I, I think it must be because on some level, they're nervous about what's going on. They might not want to admit that. And it's easier to stay with the herd and just go with the the flow as opposed to step out for a bit and to have a look. But the ad hominem stuff, that's brilliant what you said there. I've seen a lot of that as well from, from close mates, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I've I've got a great mate on the golf course. He's he's 76, so I try and give him as much lenience as possible. I've only just gotten back in, in into playing because I, I wanted to save up um, for my first property. And also, you know, e- even as early as last year, I, I just didn't want to partake in the social distancing. Um, I mean, at that point, I was still open-minded that this was a thing. I mean, I still am, but 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 I, I, I was in fear, if I'm honest, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. But um, he he brought up Israel and Gaza and and said all about the, you know Israel was getting attacked and I quickly fired back and said well they're they're bombing Gaza like you wouldn't believe and I think I'd upset him that much that I give him an opposing view he he regurgitated a conversation we'd had a couple of weeks before when we first started playing again together about Bill Gates and everything and he goes oh you believe um, no he said sorry i'll get that right he, he, he said about the uh micro he, he said about what i'm surprised you have a mobile phone because you know they can uh you know witness and track you and everything yeah and i said i said don't go there mate and and, and he goes you know he, he carries on and, and and said you're full of shit you yeah, are that's playing that's playing the man not playing the ball and a lot of people do that. Instead of dealing with the thing you might be discussing, you know, you might say, well, look, uh, if you look at the yellow card reporting system here, and if you look at the, you know, the reporting system in America, it is showing um, anomalies. A lot of people are getting seriously ill or dying. Let's just talk about that. And like you said, invariably you get the whole, oh, but you think that Bill Gates is uh, watching you through your camera. I mean, what the hell is that about? Shut up. Let's talk about what we were talking about, what we were about to discuss. Oh, Jesus. I've had this, Christopher. I've had this a thousand times. What do you do? Yeah, you? I, I said to him something that uh, a lot of people have said, uh, a lot of friends, my, my father, about uh, under 30s. Uh, you know, I, I have on good authority, uh, I'm more readily dying of the actual vaccines, if you can call them that, than, than, than COVID itself. And uh, and that's when he f- snapped at me with, you know, I, I talk rubbish. And I said, well, I think you talk a lot of rubbish too. But, you know, I still love you. I'm still friends with you. I'm not going to fall out with you over this. And, How did uh, he respond to that? Like when you said, look, I love you anyway, you're my mate. Because that would melt, you would, you would imagine, even the hardest of hearts that, you know, especially an older gentleman, that he would say, fair enough, uh, Chris, let's well, let's just play the next hole. Just hit a shank, which if, if you know anything about golf isn't good. So he retreated to, to, the, to the rough and uh, free ball to calm down, I think. But yeah, it, it must it must have got to him. It must have you know made him think. Well, you know, I can't really come back on that. And then I softly sort of told him about the World Economic Forum. He knew all about that, but he had he had no knowledge of the Great Reset and. When I described it to him, he couldn't come back on it other than say, well, that's communism. And I said, well, it's not a conspiracy well, that, thing. Yeah, it's, it's what they want to do. Yeah. Um, By the way, yeah. if, uh, if any professional golf players are listening to this programme, Christopher has just given you 
the key to to winning at match play anyway. If you're playing a match play game, just start speaking about COVID and microchips and Bill Gates and your your opponent's going to be in the drink and in the sand all day long, Christopher. That's the, that's what you need to do. So we shanked the ball into the into the rough. I love I love this. And what about family? Before um, because I'm, I'm calls are piling up here. What about family? Because you're obviously a young. I don't want to ask you your age, but you're a young man. You're considerably younger than I am. Um, where are they? You said your dad. You already told me that your dad pointed you in one or two directions. So he he's obviously open minded to it but what about the rest of the family you know in terms of getting the vaccines and stuff yeah good question um my mum was very much along with me she she believed in it all was doing all the sanitizing briefly um but she got there a little bit faster than me and she's in her mid-50s my dad's a couple of years older they're not having the vaccine they've declined it um my sister um we're 99 sure she won't have it um, she's got three beautiful children. They're all in the three, uh, three little girls, um, who are loved to pieces. And, um, you know, the other day, Richie, uh, it, it broke my heart, but it also made my sister and my, me laugh. She got one of those elastic bands that you, you use in the gym. My sister's a personal trainer that right. you sort of do squats and lunges with, yeah, yeah. you know, it's made of rubber and she put it over her mouth and she went, look, mummy, I'm going shopping, you know, <laughs> We didn't laugh, but I know at the same time, at the same time, you think the programming, you know. Yeah, 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 I said, don't don't let your granddad catch you that. And my sister told me off of saying that, but uh, um, you know, the rest of the family, my grandparents, I'm lucky that they're still about, they're in the mid 80s, um, you know, they're fully vaccinated with Pfizer. Um, you know, we haven't fallen out, but you know, we tried to persuade them not to have it. And my, my gran said, you know you've got to be careful. You'll end up in a coffin. And I, I, I couldn't help but laugh. And, you have to laugh. You know, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but I, I couldn't help but just burst out in, in laughter really. Um, and sadly, uh, I haven't seen my cousin and her husband since their wedding day, just before Christmas, 2019, you know, she's so lovely, but she's so different from, from the rest of us on our side. You know, she, she really, she's with, she's, up. she's with the program basically. Yeah, sadly, she's sadly. with the program. Yeah, but you, 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 but you love her, and you have to love her. And this is I've, I've said this to other friends of mine who are falling out with people. I've said, do not let it get to that stage where where you're not talking or you're not there for one another. You know, it, yeah. th- th- this might piss people off. What I'm going to say, but those of us that are that have an understanding of what's going on, I think the onus is on us to play nice. And to back off sometimes. And that won't suit a lot of people, me saying that. We know what's happening. They don't. It's not their fault. Um, so we need to back off and, and, and not lose them. Christopher, if you want to say something else very quickly, because I am going to move on. I've loved their uh, meeting you, mate. I'm glad you got on today. I really am. Uh, just like Muzz. I know you tried uh, recently to get on. Um, quick final word to you, buddy, and we'll move on. Thanks for your time. Um, yeah, I... Just want to thank you, really, because um, I, I was sort of not really wearing the masks last year at all, other than when my sister gave me a kick up the backside when we went in a shop. Um, but you've given me the confidence to, um, you know, in, you know, basically exercise my rights because I, I am on the NHS waiting list. Uh, I am exempt from wearing a mask. So all my colleagues, they're, they're wearing them. It's unhealthy. It's dangerous. And um, one of the first phone shows I listened to, it was Matt, Mad Monk. I believe he was from Calgary. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I love listening to that guy and people like Scottish John and Ron. So, um, you know, you've got great 
listenership and I hope you can get Mad Milk on, on again because he was a really interesting guy. And Great call, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Christopher, you're a gentleman. Thanks for coming on and sharing that with us, sharing your story, mate. I mean it. Love them hearing you today. That was Christopher there. He's in rugby. And Gavin is next. Uh, Gavin has been in touch to tell me this. Uh, he's just been trying to ring for the last 15 minutes. And Gavin said to me that he wants to talk about efforts to persuade homeless people to have a vaccine. Now, this has been in the news a little bit in recent weeks. Let's just welcome Hello, Gavin to the programme. How are you doing, Gavin? Just turn me off in the background there because I can hear myself. I can hear the echo. We'll give, you, we'll give you a second to do that. Yeah, Gavin sent a message while he was trying to ring me. And uh, if we can just bring the message up there. It was to do with... Um, what's happening to me today? Ah, it doesn't matter. Gavin can tell us himself anyway. Gavin, you're there. Welcome. Uh, yeah, hiya, hiya. Can you hear me? Well? I can. You're sounding lovely, loud and clear. Where where are you, first of all? Where are you based? Great. Um, so I'm in the southwest of England. I'm not going to say specifically where I am, just so, in case anyone... No, fair enough. I, I understand that. So uh, you're somewhere in the southwest. So um, yeah. um, I don't want to be rushing people, but I am backed up with calls. This yeah, is yeah. important now. Yeah. So you said that pressure is coming on you... Uh, to yeah. convince your clients, you, you've got homeless people for clients, to convince yeah, so them to have the I job. Work, Tell us about that. I work for a drug and alcohol service um, and I have done through all this pandemic. Um, I've been working face-to-face with them the whole time. Uh, we haven't been... Well, most of my clients, I say 90% of my clients are not buying into this whole thing, really, because I guess... They've been uh, trodden on the whole whole of their life, grown up in care. They don't trust the system anyway. So most I've had a lot of conversations with my clients about the whole thing, and most of them don't really believe it. Uh, we've been in the same room together with no not following necessarily all these stupid rules. Well done. Um, and none of my clients have been sick. None of the I mean, some of them have tested positive because they end up in hospital overdosing or they've had to go to treatment programs where they've been tested beforehand. They were, when I've been re- reading the notes, they've been, they were being tested twice a week when basically when you're in a treatment, when you're in a rehab facility, you're almost like you're in prison. You can't really get out. I mean, you can get out, but you're kind of there to stay, but they're testing them twice a week. Jesus. So to get into the treatment center as well, you'd have to be tested. You'd have to have a negative test. So one day that will turn into having a, a negative, I mean, not a negative, that will turn into having a vaccine pass to go to treatment, I'm sure. Um, so um, what's happened lately is we've had t- uh, emails coming around from the nurses because we do, there are uh, drug users that are intravenously injecting drugs can be at risk to certain diseases, bloodborne viruses. Yeah. Um, so they do do uh, hepatitis B jabs at our um, in our service, um, which is entirely optional, um, but recently we've had some emails come around about this COVID vaccine. Um, and my client, like I said, none of them have been ill the whole time. Uh, no one's died of COVID um, and, or, or with COVID or whatever. Um, and they have said, I've got emails basically saying the recent one is that they're trying to set up a clinic around the, around the county. And what they want us to do is um, just send a generic text to all because uh, they have a unique opportunity where they can come in and get their hepatitis B vaccine and the COVID vaccine on the same day. And because we get funding from Public Health England, uh, they've said what we've got to do is fill in yes or no 
and that will be fed back to Public Health England and then they can be contacted um, by whoever, I think maybe some, oh, by our medical team basically to kind of address their barriers and concerns and basically convince them into taking it. Persuaders, uh, basically. Persuaders. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then I had one of my clients, he was he was homeless, and he was saying how the housing, the Cornwall Council, oh, I've given away where I am. Uh, don't worry but, about it, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> the council was saying you've got to have a, um, you, you should think about, if you're moving into a supported housing with other people, um, then you've got to think about your protect, you're meant to protect others, and you should get the vaccine. So he was being... Um, coerced almost to get this vaccine to be put into uh, temporary housing. How did he feel about it, Gavin? What what were his thoughts on it? Um, well, he first he called me and said, uh, can you get a hold of my GP because I can't get hold of them? I said, yeah, they're impossible to get hold of at the moment. Um, basically, he said, basically, I, I, I've got COPD and they said I'm vulnerable. I should be getting um, the vaccine. So I said, are you sure you want to be doing it? We talked about it a few times. And he said, um, well, not really. And then we, we went through all the all the 99.98% thing, the clinical trials not being over. And, he, and I said, do you want me to phone your GP anyway? And he said, no, no, you're all right. Anyway, he is in supported housing now, but sometime sooner or later it will become, I'm pretty sure it will become sort of a compulsory thing. Um, and yeah, so basically all of my clients that have been fine the whole time, we haven't followed these social distancing thing and now they're being pressured to get the vaccine. I received about five emails within the space of a day sort of saying to pressure, not pressurise, but it is basically um, tell them that they should, that they should they do should it. And, and, and you and, said at the very outset something that's very important. I often talk about this with my mate uh, Jean Ann, my great mate Jean Ann in Ireland. We often talk about this about people, you know, we, we, we give a pass to people who don't see what's really going on because they've never had any negative encounters. They've never had any reason to be negative about the state. You know, people who've always had a few bob, they've always had a good job. So the state has never really crossed their paths. But people who've been in care and, uh, you know, have been used and abused and have maybe not been looked after by the so-called system are maybe a bit more wise uh, to you know, when they're being asked to do something by the state and they're a bit more reluctant. That's very interesting you saying that. You know, that people who've... That's, yeah. And, and and yet now they might find themselves in a situation yeah, where services they need might be denied to them if they don't agree to have the job. Yeah, that seems the way it's been going. And and then obviously part of my job is I mean, not just to kind of talk about drugs and alcohol, but people in services, activities to kind of divert them away from their drug use but that's been like non-existent wow like services are gone are they a lot of other things so it's it's been hard um the um funnily we had a big meeting and the nation rebranded itself in march and they said we had gavin is breaking up but this is too important gavin is breaking up i'm going to call him back um, I'm just, I've just disconnected the call. That was very rude of me. But because it was breaking up, I've just disconnected. I'm ringing them back because this is really important now. Gavin, I just cleared the line there. I hope the sound is a bit better. We were losing you momentarily. And what you're okay. saying is, is too important. I hope the line is a um, bit stronger there. So tell us about this meeting then. Yeah. 
they switched to a different name and different logo and everything like that. And then they said, um, oh, since March, we've actually had more referrals. So the new branding must be working. It's like, no, I think the problem, the reason you're getting more referrals is everyone's lost their job and everyone's living through this hell and turning yeah. to drink and drugs. So we definitely have had more referrals coming in um, with people that, you know, I've seen people from uh, uh, different, st- you, you, you get the stereotypes of people that use like heroin or crack, but I've seen people coming in that are more, I guess, middle class uh, and they've been working from home or lost their jobs and they've started drinking and using drugs while at home and then going back to work and they can't get out of it. So there's definitely been a change in the clientele that have been coming through. There's still the same usual ones, but there's been more of um you know, less 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 common to see in a uh, treatment service. And you're you're telling me this today when Sky News, which I criticise a lot, I'm sure you criticise a lot, is running a brilliant feature from a unit that houses children with eating disorders, which has quadrupled in the last twelve months. Children with so with, with eating disorders so severe that they need to be force fed through tubes that are inserted nasally. And Sky, to its credit, is, is is not taking any crap. Sky is saying, well, this is down to lockdown. And you're telling me now referrals for people with drink problems and, and drug problems have gone through the roof and you're meeting, you know, a more middle income type of person. Wow, yeah, Gavin, yeah, this might be, the, right. t- yeah, might be the tip of the iceberg. The, huh? the management, though, the management higher up think it's because of their rebranding. Well, bullshit, because <laughs> they just they they don't see what's going on, and they're they're happy in their their big houses being paid. I mean, a charity we don't get paid as much as some big businesses, but they're not on the ground doing the work that we're doing. the The other thing I just want to touch on is that being a health and social care worker, we were offered the the vaccine quite early on, and a lot of um my um my colleagues have had it. A few of them haven't. Um, well, there's two things about this. So we had a vaccine Q&A for the whole organisation across the UK. Um, and there was a doctor there and a pharmacist and they invited questions. And so I was more prepared than other people, as you can imagine. But I, I, they said send in questions, but they didn't answer all those questions. So I thought I'm just going to ask my question face to face. And I brought up the thing about antibody dependent enhancement. And their response was, oh, this isn't the right place to talk about such specialised questions. No way. Um, and I was like, well, isn't this the exact right place to talk about it? This this needs to be talked about. I mean, people could potentially die if this is a thing, but they just sort of brush me off, as you can imagine. So, um, so yeah, So and, and then the next person after me asking a question was like, oh, I've got my jab on Friday. What's the difference between them all? And it's just amazing that people will sign up to something that they don't even know what they're doing. Um, but I mean, I thought it was going to come off. They were going to come after me. They've been all right. Um, but now I just don't know if I can really carry on if, if our service is going to be turning into a COVID vaccine clinic for the homeless and drug users who haven't been affected the whole time. Who haven't been affected by it. They've not been getting ill. Yeah. And before, um, although one, sorry, one, go ahead. Sorry, could I just say one, of course, so one, one of my colleagues though, she works in a hospital and she thinks that. She says, she said in a presentation we gave, she said, none of our clients, we were expecting our clients to get ill or die from this disease, um, but none of them have been ill. And that, what does that tell you about our clients? They're on the fringes of society, so they don't even get affected by a pandemic. How about it's just a, 
a virus that doesn't affect people that don't give a shit. Yeah. How <laughs> That's about, what it is. How about that? <laughs> Tell me this as briefly as you can, Gavin. That was a massive call there. Thanks for calling in. We wouldn't have known any of this. Um, I don't know if this is a stupid question. Uh, my missus has got a heart the size of France and would go into Manchester City Centre and when she'd bump into rough sleepers, was always uh, full of love, wants to give, you know, to buy lunch for people and to chat with people. And I'm not just saying that. She is. She's amazing. Uh, and we'd be wondering, with um, City Centres being basically deserted for much of the last 12 months, what has that meant for rough sleepers? Because rough sleepers, some of them, I know that many of them are, are, are lucky to have people like you and services like yours to look after them. But for many of them, they do depend on members of the public chatting with them and you know buying them a lunch or a sandwich. So what do you think it's meant that everything being closed down? How, how badly might that have affected people, rough sleepers and people with problems like that? Well, I think where I am now is probably different to where I used to be. I used to work and, and live in London and obviously the homeless community is a lot bigger there and they're more um, dependent on people around and talking to people. Like you said, you're in Manchester City um, and they're more visible. There's more people around all the time. But where I am now, um, there's not it's not as busy and buzzing. All the homeless people in the county were sent to live in a um holiday park right. um where they were had all their alcohol and um and their prescriptions dropped off to them so they were all in kind of one place so they did have a community i guess um but they they didn't have that interaction with the uh, members of the public um but i don't i don't know entirely if how it affected them I, i'm not really sure because i think it was just so different yeah but i know that the what what we see now the town's opening again they are back out again and just communicating people with people on the street and i think just because they're people like everyone else really of course we they are absolutely value being in society with a community just being yeah. around other people so it's not just uh the talking or or um getting a sandwich or something but just being in a in a environment where there's other people around but, gavin um, i used to be i used to be terrified of homeless people when i was younger and when I got my first radio gig, I used to see this homeless gentleman and I, I was a bit scared of him and uh, he'd be shouting stuff, you know, so I'd, I'd kind of run <laughs> the other way. And one afternoon, um, he saw me walking through the town and I had my radio gear, I had, a, I had a mini disc player and a microphone and he shouted over to me and I said, I'll tell with this, so I sat down with him and his name was Kevin and he was from Cork and he'd been sexually abused when he was younger um, um, by, by, by an older brother. Uh, he'd gotten out, he'd gotten a trade for himself, but then he fell into alcohol and uh, God love him, it all went pear-shaped for him. But he was um, a master bookbinder. He was amazing. Yeah. He, had, he had all these stories to tell. And it just taught me a massive lesson, you know, you know, about dismissing people. And you look at somebody and you think, uh, there's not much to him or there's not much to her. And then you find out that they're far more intelligent than you are. And they've seen much more of the world and much more of life than you have. But they've had a big knock and the big knock has set them back. And, you know, that's why they've ended up on the street. So, yeah, I learned a big lesson. I'm glad well, there's people like say, you yeah, out there, I'm, mate, looking after them. 
I really am. I would, I would agree because um, I would say about 90% of my clients, I probably had about 200 over this last 18 months, and I guess about 90% of them have been sexually abused as children. Right. And that's been kind of the pivotal point which kind of sent them down this road. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, yeah, they are, a lot of them are more intelligent. They've proved that because half of my colleagues are going to get the jab, whereas they're going to be like, no thanks, no, not thank for you. me. <laughs> Brilliant, Gavin. Gavin, thanks for doing the work you do. What a calling that is. Lovely to meet no, you, th mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. Thanks a lot. That was Gavin there in the southwest. He's a health and care worker. And um, he's got clients, many of them, who are um, homeless men and women. And uh, Gavin was telling us very clearly there that he and his colleagues are coming under pressure to themselves pressure homeless people to have a vaccine that they don't need and many people who are homeless who've not had any reason to trust the state or the establishment because they've been screwed over by the establishment they're not really inclined to want to have the vaccine but will it mean that they might be denied services that they need in the near future like you mentioned a gentleman who needs um, access to sheltered housing uh, where there might be other people who are in recovery or you know, who, who are coming off the street. Would he be denied that because he can't have, because he refuses the vaccine? I don't know. Um, exceptional calls today. It's 20 past six. Um, we're going to line number two. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Are you speaking to Robert from North London? How are you doing, Robert, in North London? Welcome to the programme. Nice to, nice to speak you, to you, Robert. Yes. You've got the floor, my Likewise, friend. Sir. I, I just wanted to, um, I'm pretty sure it's echoing what a lot of people are thinking uh, at the moment, uh, Richie, is um, the actual disappointment um, that, uh, that you face when, you, when certain people that you really, really like and respect have conf confessed that they've had this jib-jab. Well, I'm not going to use the V word because it's not one of them. It's like, using, it's like calling a Formula One car a bicycle. <laughs> it just it's a completely different animal uh, and it just goes to it's um it's a little bit like your story with the homeless guy you know you judge you judge people or you elevate or de um or de-elevate people um based on your based on prejudices really and based on uh, hero worship and it's yeah. it's incredible it's like celebrities look at ricky gervais and even the Dalai Lama has had the jib jab. And yeah. This guy, this guy, this 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 guy, peace and love. He's supposed to be at one with nature, and he's gone and had the jab. It's madness, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I've um, I've had a, a few medical procedures recently, and it's even highly qualified specialists. They have this sort of. Um, this sort of slightly tapering away turn of voice, so almost um, a defeated turn of voice where you say, well, you should have the jab because it will really, really help. And, I, I, you know, you don't want to take them to task about it because they're treating you. So you, you yeah. don't want to have it um, put in with your anesthetic. But it's, it's absolutely incredible. And the length that um, uh, they will go to to actually promote this PSYOP. Um, Fat Ferrari is another one as well. Um, yeah. Oh, he's a beauty. Which is a contradiction. He's a yeah. beauty, isn't he? Sorry. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a very large beauty. I mean, my <laughs> God, there's a lot of humanity there. Isn't there? <laughs> he could block a lot of sun. 
Listen, I, I, I used to be that soldier. I was a very fit man. I am a fit man. But when I went to Spain, mm. I, I left myself go and I was rather rotund myself, Robert. So I shouldn't be throwing <laughs> stones at that particular glass house. But it's hard. Well, I mean, I, I listened to him yesterday. I couldn't believe it when he said to the gentleman, you don't have the right to use your own immune system. You do not yeah, have the right. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? What's yeah, that all about? The absolute arrogance with, with which he said that. And... Um, the, the fellow wasn't carrying away, but they always have—they um, always have the last word because they can cut people off. Yeah. But they will never ever actually. I'm pretty sure. I, I've only been listening to you for a very short time, but I'm pretty sure that you would actually be fair and balanced. And if somebody's going to put it, if somebody's going to put it in your face, you'll take it right on the end of the. Hundred percent. Um, I could never treat a caller. I used to do talk radio for years on commercial stations. And if I can give myself, I never give myself any praise, so I'll give it now. I would never, somebody could be saying something that I fundamentally, vehemently disagree with. I would never try and embarrass them or cut them off. Never. Let them have their say. That's how it should be. And listen to them. Move on then. I don't blame you. Don't blame you. Um, I've got a guest suggestion, if I may. Um, Well, two guest suggestions. Dr. Uh, Dr. David Corbett and Kate Shimerani, if you haven't already had them on. They would be absolutely fiery guests, but I think you've probably beat the you know, the COVID um, the COVID cow into hamburger meat by now. So I'm not sure. No, it's been it's been such a crazy last fourteen months. I don't sure. I've not heard of yeah. David. I have heard of the former nurse. I'm not too sure about that lady now personally, Robert. But don't yeah. take don't take that don't take offence at that. I'm not quite sure no, no, about no, that no, woman's no. motivations. It's and, your show. Yeah, yeah your but this I could be yeah. wrong. I just I I, I kind of get yeah. a weird vibe from. Um, from, from that particular woman. But look, I could be totally wrong. I'm often wrong. I'm known to be wrong. I know what you mean. So tell me this then. <laughs> be, 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 tell me this before, um, before I take another call. I want to ask you this. Okay. So okay. You, you mentioned, and I, I don't want to know the details, none of my business. You've had these medical procedures. I hope it's going mm. well. I hope it's not anything serious. But you did say something funny and it gave me a little bit of a shiver. You said, you know, they might put the vaccine with the anaesthetic. It's amazing you said that because I was thinking the other day, I wonder, would they be devious enough to slip the stuff in with other... Like, if you had to go to hospital, say, for example, and you needed to go for, I don't know, for your tonsils, or you needed to go for endoscopic surgery or something, like, I wonder, would they try and slip you the vaccine? You know, I wonder about that. And I'm I'm probably going to be accused of hysteria now because doctors would probably... No, we would never do that. We would never do that without getting your consent. But you brought it up and I was thinking about it previously. So, yeah, I don't know. How much pressure have you come under to get the vaccine? Have you had all the letters, the text messages and all of that? Is he gone? Are you still there, Robert? I was prattling on, he probably fell asleep. Are you there, Robert? He's gone. Yeah. Or the line has dropped out anyway. We might get him back. But yeah, I wonder, would they would they be so devious? They couldn't be, could they? They couldn't do that, could they? Have you in for, I don't know. You might need a vitamin B12 injection. They might slip you the old... Uh, uh, the old Moderna or something. I don't I don't imagine they would do that. 26 minutes past six. You're with the Richie Allen Show, the phone-in show, this uh, Wednesday is the 19th of May. Off to uh, another phone call, not Skype. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Turn me off there. Turn me off in the background. Go on, turn me off. I'll, I'll, I'll fade you down while you turn me off. So we don't hear the echo and then we'll have a nice natter. Uh, While I'm doing that, I'll give you the contact details very quickly. 
The Skype line is chat with Richie, all one word, chat with Richie. The landline is 0161818 0161818 Hi, it's Richie here with a codpiece on and a leather jacket. Chat with Richie, all one word, Skype 0161818 Let's hope the old uh, echo has gone. Caller, welcome to the programme. No, they can't hear me. Ah, sure, what are you going to do? We're going to have to clear that call and take another call. Uh, caller, welcome. To, ah, that caller, that caller has gone there. Let's try this one. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Oh, Jesus Christ. Somebody's messing with me now. That's what's going on. Somebody is messing with me. Let's try another one. Hello, caller. Welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Somebody is messing with me. What's going on there? Is there a gremlin? Is there a glitch in the matrix? Is there a glitch in matrix? Is there a glitch in matrix? I think there might be a glitch in matrix. Uh, Skype chat with Richie 0161818 I'll try one more. I think this one is coming in from God's country, I think. It's God's country. Caller from Ireland. Welcome. Who am I speaking with? Ah, oh, Richie. Uh, Richie, first time. Call him here. Uh, Colin, welcome. Tried to get you on last time. Good man. You're here today, buddy. Good I'm to hear very, good to hear from you. I'm very good. I wasn't even going to phone, you know, but um hello to everybody from Communist Dublin. From Communist had, um, Dublin. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Um you had Cindy on the other night and she's heading all about the airport. What do you make of that, Colin? Listening to that, she she arrives at the airport, she's had the lateral flow test in England, the army put her on a bus, take her to a hotel. You're an Irishman. What do you make of that, listening to that? Par for the course, mate. Absolutely. Par for the course over here. And um, there's no resistance. Um, everybody you see in Ireland's been being bought for the last two decades, haven't we? You work in pharmaceutical companies, they're all based here. Twitter, Facebook. Everybody has their headquarters here in Dublin. Hey, qualify and, that. Um, this is good, this is good, this is good. Qualify that. I know you're telling the truth, but qualify that. Some of our listeners won't know this about big pharmaceuticals. the whole country. Yeah, right. Throughout the whole yeah. country, they've all come here for the tax evasion reasons over the last yeah. 20 years. And... Um, People rely on their jobs. They need their jobs and they just go along, get along. And their heads are down. You know, I see the feet behind every eye. I mean, I know you had Aiden, the comedian on, and he was saying there was hope. Uh, I, I can't see it. You know, I'm in Dublin and I'd be up in North Leinster, up in Dundalk as well, with just an hour of the motorway. And um, very often I actually get a coach from the airport. And prior to that, I actually was, I might have told you that I was walking to the airport. And, um, I see the Romanian flights, the Moldavian flights coming in um, non-stop for the last year, all part of Sora's open border. And they literally walk in. I've spoken to, uh, there's about 20 of them bailing into two cars recently, and they were going to Belfast, and others were going to Dublin City. Uh, I asked, had you been tested? Had you had your vaccinations? Oh, no, mate, no problem, you know. So they pick and choose who they let through. Which proves that, yeah, which proves that the Irish health... Um, excuse me, health service executive, it proves that they don't really care about transmission. This is not about a virus. Oh. You and I both know that. So you were working at the airport at the outset of all of this nonsense so you could see all this happen. Yeah. yeah. Richie, at the very, you were sick last February. Yeah, I was. You were yeah. very sick. Yeah. You, were, you were in my prayers. January, and, yeah. um, I'm, I'm not. It's not about me, but like, you know, I've been onto this for 20 years. You know, Harry Fox was onto this like 20 years ago and we've seen it coming. They've rolled out the dress rehearsal with swine flu. And now the question is, who's going to stop us? If you look at their point of view. Swine flu, really? is, a, swine flu is a dress rehearsal. That's interesting. Oh, oh yes, yeah, they pumped out the, um, 
vaccines over the market there. But see, at the time, they hadn't. They learned a great lesson from that, and this was a simple lesson. They hadn't got the infrastructure in place just yet. So we gave you the best of mobile phones. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi. Up, and now we have a situation where everybody is tracked. You know, you're all living effectively in an open-air concentration camp. You just don't. You just don't know you are. You can't see the bars, yeah. but you are in prison. Yeah. yeah. You are. And when I look around, it's understandable. People like, like, you talk about families and all that. Even, you know, I have um, very good family. But they're hook, line, I think sisters, brothers all want to get vaccinated. The parents got vaccinated, you know. Um, I do have one very good friend, Robbie, who um, he's wired to it now he is. Um, he's probably wired to it now because only about a month ago, this chap called Dave who works with him, 46-year-old healthy guy, I think he might have been double jobbing. Well, you have to do what you have to do. But however, he was a carer for his mother, so he gave into the HSE pressure, didn't he, to um, get vaccinated. So on the Sunday morning, Robbie sent me a tweet and our text and his message was, one of the guys in walk off vaccinated. And I, quick as a life, sent him back a tweet saying, well, you better stay away from him in case he starts shedding. And then the reply was, well, half the night he's dead. 46, year, 46 years old, he was caring for his mum. He was pressured. Yeah. Because he was caring for his mum, he was pressured to have the vaccine. And he died. In case he lost his allowance, you know. And he died. Right. And he's dead. He, as I said, um, you know the way I write lyrics, he'd been to the vaccination centre, he said he didn't feel well. His mother went to phone him Sunday morning and now she's the one in hell. She's bringing flowers to his grave. And it's only when, I think, it's only when somebody, and I'd actually met that guy only once or twice, but I know his face, you know what I mean? He'd say yeah, no yeah. Like, no, I no twice him, yeah. Robbie. And the, the reason was, this is it, I had been out with uh, that chap who does the deliveries and uh, he, we were down in Tipperary or whatever and I said something to an old man, have you had the vaccine? Uh, you might want to think about that. And Rob said, Jerry, he says, what are you doing, mate? You're getting me started here. You can't be saying that like that. He says, I know, but I feel compelled to say to people that there's a possibility that I could stop that person from getting vaccinated. Your man said, to you, don't be, your man said, don't be telling OAPs that the vaccine might harm them because if your boss finds okay, out, you yeah, might be fired. Back to the but you'll boss, do it anyway. You know, says, I, I fully understand that, Robbie. Yeah. Then he says, okay, maybe, maybe after that chap in the office uh, up in the warehouse died. He says, yeah, well, maybe there's a, maybe maybe we should all start reconsidering how we're approaching this team. But um, as I say, here we are in the beautiful Dublin, but it's changed immensely over the last 20 or 30 years, you know, and it really is the um, European capital of the EU, has been for a long time. Every every one of the politicians, every one of the media, they're all bought and sold. There's just just, there's just no getting over that, you know. It's no fact. getting away from I've seen it. I know Ashley O'Loughlin, you probably know Ashley O'Loughlin, she's become quite vocal, she's over in France now, she was on Expose and TV3 for years, and she was on um, the Irish Inquirer last night, and she was calling out the names of her former buddies like Clareborn. Of course I know, help. of course I know the woman, I'm racking me brains, of course I know the woman, yes, yes, I was in touch yeah. with her, actually, to invite her on the programme. Um, yeah, she's a fantastic ago. girl, and I know somebody who knows her well and went back a long time ago, so they studied together, you know. And she said Ashton was always really talented and very feisty and um, her own woman. And um, I'm glad to see she's come out and speaking. But here's the point. What can be done? You know, you've got a couple of hundred thousand listeners probably each week. Um, but it's not, you know, if you look at their point of view, I suppose the vaccine being rolled out is brilliant. One in ten of you will survive, perhaps. Yeah. You know, the rest of you will. That's what. Like, that's what. That's what we might. But I've got to say this because I won't be doing my job otherwise. That is what Dolores Cahill believes. That is what Sacharit Bakti believes, 
and they are qualified people, so they have every right. Mm. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, though, for everybody. No, it doesn't. This is it the thing. And I, I absolutely know that. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's but, going to happen, but, yeah. But we, what I believe, and this is, this is what I believe, I believe they could put this thing to bed for another few years, rest it up, just get you all habitualised to receiving vaccines that are nothing more than saline solution. Although when you look at Dave, that chap, he's dead. And we know, I absolutely know from doing the research that thousands have died. And the effects, we only have to see the videos. There's Del Dietry in the high wire interviewing three women who are all seriously injured. And the death figures are shown of the VARs. There's only probably 1% yeah. of vaccine adverse reactions are probably reported. But they could put this to bed at any stage. But there absolutely is... In that psychopathic Klaus Schwab mind frame, there really is, you know, yous are just basically caterpillars and one day yous will, some of yous will become beautiful, beautiful uh, butterflies. Neanderthal man simply had to die in order to make way for Homo sapiens and now Homo sapiens 2 is on the way and some of you will get qualified. And this is what the people in the media are hoping for, you know, that they be among the, uh, the elite and their, their spawn will go on to spawn the new generation. And this is where I'll end it. I truly believe that the only way out of this is Christian belief that Christ is real. You know, that's why this fascist state over here closed the churches closed for the four churches, years. Yeah, and here. They didn't want yeah. people having the Eucharist. They don't want people having God. You can't even mention God. I was talking to a priest there down in Cork who does great work with secondary schools. And he was saying they're no longer allowed to go in because now they, they have to make room. For, uh, the teachers have to, by directive of the state, have to allow these humanitarian, uh, libertarian, anything goes, LBGT, you know, classrooms instead of religious studies now. We're is that right? So studies. religious studies yeah. is being marginalised to allow humanism to be taught? This sort Absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely. There's, there's a great organisation um, was the Servants of um, the Holy Mother. They're down in Cork and they do great work among the um, teenagers there in the transition year and they can go in for that year and get these teenagers and say, hey, you know it's not modern but they're funky young guys, these priests. But it, it, there is a good chance we can talk to them about God and get them thinking about that. And now they're being told by the principal teachers, we can't take these in because we have your your time is penciled up with the um, the ICO and ISCO organizations. All these people who want to talk about globalism and diversity and yeah. sure anything goes. God's just a concept, isn't he? You know, once these are being good, these are being good. Well. Unfortunately, people have been very good for a long time, and even these psychopaths who are running the world, they're extremely good. They really, really are extremely good. If you're one of their wolf pack, they look after each other, they love their families, but at the end of the day, um, they've penciled themselves in to be the new elites who are going to survive this um, this epoch, this move to a new evolution, you know, yeah. and... They've got 15, 20 years to pull it off. I'm, you know, hearing, for I'm, hearing, quicker. I'm hearing more and more of it. Um, look, I've, mm. I've, I've borne witness to what went on in Calgary with, um, with um, Pastor Art, Artur Pavlovsky. I've seen what's happened in Ireland. So um, I'm beginning to wonder. Colin, thanks, mate. This is costing you money, mate. I don't like that. I should have um, given you a That's ring back. Okay. You're calling Richie, the mobile. Richie, so. I'll give you one, if I may, I'll give you one last thing. Go ahead. There's a ray of hope because God works in funny ways. Last... Um, Let's say it was late last summer, we were allowed out for a few weeks before the lockdown again, okay? Yeah. And people who had initially um, been, like, extremely, like, um, I'm talking about people who would be barristers and people who would be, like, you know, good earners, you know, 
um, up there in, in the night. They were very, very dismissive of me. But then, as it would happen, a few weeks later, um, we were doing a, a little quiet neighbourly get-together, and I pointed out, I said, you see that star up there? It's actually not a star, it's a drone. And, of course, they're looking at me, but then the damn thing started moving, knocked off. I said, it's been parked up there listening to our conversation for the last hour. You saw it as a star. And now, particularly now that Ashley O'Loughlin has come out, you see, it takes different people from different demographics to reach different audiences. I know for a fact that those girls were having their hair done recently. Oh, yummy mummies. And the word was, now, the three of them won't be getting vaccinated. Now they're all asking questions. So gradually the message will get through. Good. Well, you're finishing you know, on a positive note. You started negatively. You started... Yeah. I, I, I don't mean you're negative, <laughs> but you started really? on a... Ne- <laughs> yeah. At the beginning you said, you know, we're screwed, communist uh, Dublin, but you're, you're, you're finishing on a positive. Colin, thanks, mate. Mm-hmm. Dear Gwit, may God go with you, buddy. Thanks for coming on and talking um, to me today. You too, mate. God bless you. Always good to chat with you. It's been a while. Tried to get through last week, did Colin, but didn't make it. I'm glad he made it today. I really am. Uh, my, my friend John, who's uh, based in Salford, I've mentioned before, he says, if indeed this is satanic, as it appears to be, they will neither force the vaccine or inflict it by stealth. They will pull all the tricks of the devil, tempting, persuading, frightening, but they will never force. I believe that they believe it has to be consensual. That's John. That's well thought out. What do you think of that? Um, Do you go along with Colm? And some of my dearest friends believe that we are in some great battle between the forces of good and the forces of evil. Don't for a minute think now that I'm being glib. I dismiss nothing because I know nothing. Do you go along with that? Is this good against evil? Is this good and evil working itself, working its battle through um, the puppets in government, the puppets in the World Economic Forum? Is that what is going on? Is John right that they won't force it? They won't even inflict it by stealth. If it's the devil's work... Tempt, persuade, scare, not force, induce people uh, to, to, to willingly come and get it. Do you believe that? Uh, drop me a message. It's uh, Richie, uh, it's uh, BBG Richie on Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to take calls on, lots more calls coming in. And if you have been trying, please bear with me. I'm sorry we've not spoken thus far. And listen, before you ring me, if you're listening to me on a device, turn it down. Right, because it causes problems, as you heard a little bit earlier on. I can't believe I'm still saying that on phone and radio shows all these years later. Off to the mobile phone again. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Uh, hello. This is, uh, hello? I'm listening. Who, who am I speaking with? Go ahead. Oh, hello. I can't believe I'm actually through. Um, this, is, um, this is Wayne in, uh, in London. Wayne, lovely to meet you, mate. Thanks for getting through. I'm glad you got through. Um, what would you like oh. to say? Go ahead. Hello. Um, I'd like to talk really about um, it's something that uh, I've not heard anybody else mention before. Um, you know about um, about programming and about the and about the propaganda on the um, on the television. Brilliant, Wayne. Go um, ahead. I mean, um, I mean, obviously everyone knows there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of propaganda and and, uh, and what have you. But um, but I have noticed, um, but because of my um, because of my background, um, I know a lot about um, covert hypnosis techniques. 
and um, NLP is the one that's um, is something that uh, you know a lot of people know a little bit about. Um, and I have noticed on programs like um, Coronation Street and um, Emmerdale, um, it's gone a lot farther than um, than uh, general propaganda. How? How has um, it done that, Wayne? Yeah, for example, um, I noticed um, um, the week when they first started talking about um, surge testing, which is surprising that it happened this exact, the, the exact same week, because um, I understand that they're up to date with filming now, and, and, uh, which means they, they must have been filming the episodes about eight weeks ago, if they're up to date. Right, yeah. There's more than that, an eight-week lag. And the very same week they were talking about surge testing, um, you know, um, um, regularly throughout the program, um, they kept mentioning the word, um, uh, they mentioned several times the word surge. Did they? Um, and they kept dropping into the conversation um, uh, the word test. Like one of the characters would say, oh, uh, it's like I'm sitting for a test. Wow. And another character would say, oh, um, uh, uh, have you had your test? When we were innocently meant to be talking about somebody um, um, who was at school, for example, and then uh, and then just a few minutes later, you'd see a poster um, in the background, which um, which is say on the wall, um, you know, have your have your COVID test. Um, you've blown me. Works, you've blown my mind here, Wayne. You've blown my mind. I live within a walking distance of. Where, where Coronation Street is filmed in, in right. Media City. And okay. I know you're right. As a media guy, I've known people involved in the Irish soaps. I've known people involved in the UK right. soaps. I know that they film these things eight to ten weeks before we see them on our television yeah. screen. Yeah. So this is fascinating. So how are they so up to date then? The only way they could be yeah. is if there's some devilry afoot there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I, I, I believe that they have to have somebody that's actually. Um, I believe they have to have somebody who who knows about this subject, um, actually working with the scriptwriters yeah. because there's no there's no other explanation for it. None. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's it's quite a complicated subject. I mean, but the way the way it works is the the subconscious mind. Um, the reactive part of the mind, which works on a stimulus response basis, it, it tries to group it tries to group things into um, into categories, um, even though there's maybe no logical connection that the, that the conscious mind would see. It, it will it will group various things into categories. So um, so for example, um, you know, if somebody's talking about having a um, having a COVID test. One of the characters actually, um, actually in a straightforward, you know, blatant manner, um, actually said, "Oh, I've got a bit of a sore throat," and um, and then the other character turned around and said, "Keep away from me! Keep away from me!" Uh, um, 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 and then the other character said, "Oh, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking, but I've, but I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, it's all right. I've done the right thing. I've, I've, I've been checked out. I've had a test." I've done and, and the that, right and thing. That, I've been checked out. I've done the yeah, right yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Now, now, now that's obviously blatant propaganda. Blatant. Anyone, anyone can see that, you know. But then, um, but then, a, a few minutes later, 
but then, um, as I said, someone would just drop in the word into the conversation, uh, Tess, and another person would drop into the word, oh, uh, um, Serge. In, a, in an unrelated topic, do you, do you understand? Um, yeah, do you understand what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, so somebody else, somebody else in another scene might talk about a power surge. Exactly, exactly. That's the type of thing I'm talking about. And then, um, and then, and then the poster would be on the wall as well. And then what? What the subconscious mind does is it is it groups those things. It groups those things together. So in future, when when so in future, when anyone says that word. It might just be a conversation you're having with a friend, but whenever, whenever the, the more you hear these kind of things, when anyone says that word what, uh, um, or, or sees the poster, what the subconscious mind does is it groups all of those things together. So, you know, so I totally understand this, yeah. In fact, I've, yeah. Had, a, I've had a couple of um, gentlemen on the programme in the last few years who understand hypnosis in fact they're 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 hypnotists yeah. Yeah. and they've explained this um like you they've explained it in a way that i can understand it isn't yeah. that fascinating so you have a scene where somebody blatantly says oh oh, <coughs> oh go and get oh no i did the right thing i went yeah. and i got a test yeah. further on in the episode somebody says oh he had a power surge last night um, right. there's a guy uh, there's a guy from the power company testing it and then you might see a poster about coronavirus rules and regulations and you're yeah. saying yeah. your mind groups all this together and then at another stage five six weeks down the line you're hearing about yeah. surge testing and you might actually feel compelled then to, to comply with the surge testing exactly exactly so sometimes when you say these things to people they say oh but but um but, yeah. but that's nonsense i'd never fall for anything like that but it's not but that's not the way it works Doesn't I mean, work it like all that. happens on a subconscious level if you think um if, if you uh, if you think Devin brown do you know who Devin brown is yes yeah i've seen many of his shows on telly yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I spent quite a lot of time, um, you know, studying, um, studying Darren Brown, going over the episodes again and again, uh, researching online the different techniques which he uses. And, and, and this is basically Darren Brown stuff. You know, it's using um, NLP, um, uh, something called a little bit of maybe um, something called psycho-cybernetics, which was... Um, uh, something else which they call um, uh, uh, perception without awareness, right? Or PW or PWA, but these are all basically um, come under the category of, um, of 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 covert of covert hypnosis. Yeah. Wow, Wayne. Uh, and you're not going to give too much away now, of course, about your own background. But it's not just that you're interested in this subject. It's obvious to me yeah. that you've done some work with film or or TV before, so you can you can see how this works. Um, it makes perfect I've, I've, sense. I've, to, I've me. not actually done any work with with film. Um, I mean, I mean, just just briefly a little bit my uh, a little bit about my background. I mean, um, I used to work. I mean, I, I used to work in hotels, which is t t totally unrelated. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away about my background, but um, no, for 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 about thirty years, I worked um, in the in the mind body spirit field. Um, you know, so I've, I've um, you know I've been a tarot reader. I've been a life coach. Um, and in the in the in the nineties, um, uh, in the in the nineties, I was in um, I was in Scientology for about five years, and I was also. Why did you uh, come out? Why did you come out of Scientology? Tell me. I came out of Scientology because um, 
the, the, the actual uh, technology and the method which they use are, are actually, the, 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 the light improvement techniques which they use are actually very effective. But I didn't like, um, I didn't like the, um, what I saw as the policies of the organization. Um, I didn't like the manipulation. Um, is it true that they disconnect people from their families? Is that true or is it overstated or is it is it a one-sided debate that because I've heard I've had ex-scientologists on the program and they said yeah. that they were basically they were um, estranged from their families and that the organization itself had a lot to do with that and also that the organization was very much interested in money there was a bit of a pyramid scheme angle to it that's yeah. all I've heard yeah. now I don't know I'm not I'm not criticizing anything that I don't know anything about so I'm asking you yeah I mean um, I mean some people certainly have been uh, um, cut off from their families um, I mean it's very I mean the um You've got the personal de de development side of things, and then you've got another side of things which is um, uh, which they call processing, which is more to do with um, sort of like uh, mental health type processes. Yeah, uh, um, it's, it's um, a bit much to get into now, but, but, but the, the process, what they call the processing side of things, is very interesting because it's actually structured. Um, with, with all different levels compartmentalised. Is this Dianetics you, now? Is this, is this the concept of Dianetics, is it? I think it, you might be on, on about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, Dianetics deals more with the mind and then Scientology uh, and, and getting rid of, um, uh, getting rid of um, aberrations in the mind and, and, and making people think more clearly, um, reach conclusions more quickly, you know, deals with dynamics, deals with trauma and things and things of that nature. Um, Scientology deals more with goes a step further, and it goes on to more of a spiritual level right. with the process. But what but what was very interesting for me is um, Scientology is compartmentalized into many different levels, in the same way that um, the Masons is compartmentalising. Yeah. Is, that, is, is, is that what I understand about this Thetan thing? Like the, like you said, levels. there are levels that you aspire to and you might yeah. reach Thetan, yeah. Now, one of the things that I was told by an ex-Scientologist was you couldn't really get to Thetan unless you were basically minted, unless you had a lot of money. Is that right? I don't want to be coming down on yeah. Scientology. Yeah. but No, 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 no. Um... No, you're right. It is, you know, it, it can be extremely um, expensive. But also, if you're smart, there's a lot of things that you can pick up and you can do yourself, which won't cost you anything. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I didn't actually spend a lot of money. I, I, I basically got what knowledge I could, as, as, yeah. you know, as, as, as cheaply as I could. Fair play to but, you. Um, but, 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 but what I was saying about the compartmentalization, um, when you're on one level, you, you don't know what's going on on the level above you. Yeah. And then you're not allowed to progress to the next level until you've actually um, agreed to certain terms and conditions. Brilliant, Wayne. Uh, Brilliant. And, you know, and the Manhattan Project and other things were run like that, the atomic yeah. bomb development. Because my mate, yeah. Jean Ann, who's always um, handy for me with uh, interesting facts, she reckons the COVID business might have something in common with Scientology in terms of, you might think that everybody in the government or everybody in science is, yeah. is in on the lie, but they're not, are they? Of course they're not in on the lie. Yeah. They know what they I mean, need to know, yeah. and that's about the size of it, yeah. yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is, is I mean, there's a, breakaway, there's a breakaway group from Scientology, which... Um, 
which uses Scientology methods and technology, but, but refuses to have anything to do with the organization. They, right. they call them the Scientology uh, um, free zone. Right. I didn't know anything so, about them yeah. now. Fascinating. Didn't know anything I, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, at the very... Um, at the very but at the very top of Scientology, I believe now that, 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 they are, that they are working for the enemy. I mean, the interesting thing is that Scientology normally doesn't bother, uh, um, is completely against um, uh, traditional medicine yes. and, um, and vaccines, etc., and drugs. And, and yet they're all wearing face masks and, 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 and uh, there's been absolutely no opposition to the vaccine. Look at Tom Cruise. Look at Tom Cruise screaming at people yeah. on film sets, roaring at yeah. them, threatening to fire them. Yeah. yeah. Wow. When, yeah, no, when yeah, we've yeah. got about 30 seconds left before I have to wrap it up, I'm going to give you the 30 seconds. Fascinating call, mate. Fascinating yeah. about the soap yeah. operas, about Coronation Street, Corrie and all of that. That's yeah. gold information. I'll give you the final word. Be as brief as you can and then I'm going to wrap it up today. Lovely to meet you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how basically I got into things, and and I was in, um, I was in, uh, uh, I was on the fringe of the Masons for about a year as well. And round about that time, I started to look into all the different organi- you know, secret organisations and conspiracies and things of that nature. But yeah, but I just wanted to co- to um, to give you a call, you know, about the Coronation Street and the Emmerdale. Brilliant. Um, you know, one very last thing, if you can just squeeze it in very quick quickly. as you can now. Twenty um, seconds. Um, go on. Okay, yeah, on the, um, in the, uh, uh, one of the Coronation Street, the Coronation Street Classic, I think they call it. At the beginning of the show, they show like a, um, a globe. It's like a big snow globe, like a graphic thing. And inside, and inside the graphic, if you look very carefully, it's almost, it's very hard to notice. There's actually a woman sort of like um, uh, in like a laboratory, as if she's like concoct- making concoctions. As if you like making vaccines or something. No way. And then, and then, there's, an, and then there's a little rainbow down in the corner as well, and there's all these different things going on in the um, in the street scene, like an oldie worldy street scene. And, the th- and I noticed that, and I thought, what the hell has that got to do with, um, you know, with uh, you know, with the program? With the program, uh, with Weatherfield, with Coronation Street. And again, you mightn't, unless yeah. you look very closely at that, you might not have understood what it was. You'd have to look at it yeah. by the sounds of it. Wayne, we're going to leave it there for today. Thanks for your call, mate. Fascinating stuff. That was Wayne in London uh, talking about um, programming going on in our soap programmes and all all, um, all the rest of it. Emmerdale and Corrie, I think he said. Thanks to everybody who called in. That was an absolutely mind-blowing phone-in. Thank you. I really appreciate your calls. Loved every one of them. Thanks for uh, listening to, today, to today's programme. I've been Richie Allen. I'm back with you again tomorrow, Thursday, at five o'clock. I have no idea who's on the programme. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, I've got a lovely woman called Belinda DeLucy. Uh, Belinda will be on with me, and I'll have much more besides as well. Look after yourselves and one another. I've been the BBG. Stay with my website, richieallen.co.uk. Bye from me. Thanks for the call. Do that.